This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Ya We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we thank him upon all conditions, we send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his entire household and all his companions, may Allah bless them all and may he bless every single one of us, ameen. My brothers and sisters, this is the first lecture that I am delivering after the accident that I had on Monday afternoon. And I think it's only correct for me to clarify because there is a lot of rumor connected to what exactly happened. Some people thought I was in Johannesburg. No, I was here in Harare. The accident in Johannesburg was a different accident altogether. It was a 50 car pileup or should I say a huge truck 
drove through a lot of vehicles and that was on the N12 close to Alberton. But that was on Tuesday morning, very early in the morning. But the accident I had was on Monday afternoon, early evening. And what happened, I was on Coventry Road down here, just very close from here, perhaps what, two kilometers from here or three. And going down the road, and as you all know, it's quite a wide road. We had stopped at the traffic light, the first set of traffic lights that were there. And thereafter, we proceeded. And between the first traffic lights and the second traffic light, there was a man in front of me. Uh, there was another car to my left. And the man in front of me suddenly decided to make a U-turn. And when he went off the road or towards the right, I actually swerved towards the right in order to avoid him because had I swerved towards the left, there was another vehicle there. So it was just so quick that all this happened. And before I knew it, I was actually, uh, I swiped the sand on the, the, the fourth lane. And you know what? In a split second, the car swerved back towards the left and it actually spun facing back towards the city and the tree was hit. The tree was miraculously there because it stopped the vehicle from going through the walls and so on. So there were so many miracles, no oncoming traffic, no passengers, or should I say, no, uh, what can I say, pedestrians, no other vehicles involved, no trucks parked on the side that are usually there. So many things we have to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. And you see me two days later standing here in front of you, alhamdulillah. Uh, according to some rumors, I'm supposed to be half dead. So we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really that he has blessed us. Yes, my wife did. Uh, um Fawzan sustained some injury. She actually broke a collarbone. And inshallah, we hope that she will be uh, cured very soon. She, normally on a Thursday evening, she's always here. So we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for blessing us. It could have been much, much worse. But really, it's something that we always need to be grateful for. In fact, I even found out that the vehicle is not so badly damaged that it cannot be repaired. So that also is a blessing. Uh, this having been said, my brothers and sisters, did you notice what happened earlier this evening? We had the first major rain of this season, of this year. Uh, should I say the rainy season that we are waiting for? And we thank Allah for it. In some areas of Harare, apparently we had hailstones that were the size of little golf balls. You know when we say little golf balls, all golf balls are the same size. So anyway, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. But uh, amazingly, uh, it was so hard. I was thinking perhaps we might have to cancel the session if it was still raining. But look at what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did. Two things. One is the electricity miraculously that goes every single day did not go today. MashaAllah. We thank Allah for that. And I see those living in Kensington smiling because they are not affected by it. MashaAllah. And then, subhanAllah, the, the other thing that happened is the rain stopped just before we were supposed to come. In fact, Salatul Isha, the rain had already subsided. And this, uh, you know, uh, gathering of ours happens on a Thursday evening after Salatul Isha. So we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this. I want to raise two or three points. One is, whenever something negative happens to us, please look at the positives. If you look at the negatives, you will become depressed. You will become a person who can never ever come out of this form of a problem. Be brave, be courageous, understand that Allah's plan is far greater. And Allah loves you and He knows He has placed you in this world to test you one after the other. Someone actually told me, you know, perhaps maybe people have done black magic on you. Look, you had one mishap and another one and you know, what's going on? I said, I don't even know what you're talking about because for me, it was an honor and a pleasure 
that Allah made me go through something so light. Allahu Akbar. Look at this. Imagine if we would, if something had happened to us, where paralysis. May Allah protect us all and grant cure to those who are paralyzed in any way. But imagine if paralysis had to happen, amputations had to happen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make that a means of entry into Jannah for those whom it has happened to. But we thank Allah it hasn't happened to us. And at the same time, take a look at so many other factors that I spoke about a few moments ago in the incident that happened with me on Monday, but with every one of us. Sometimes you have a little loss in your business. Sometimes you have a struggling with one of your children. Sometimes you have the loss of a specific person in your family. Thank Allah, it could have been worse. This is what we are taught. And wallahi, we will continue to be tested until the day we die. And thereafter, the examinations are over and you hear the results. May Allah make it easy the day the results are announced. For your information, I actually quit uh, or I actually excused myself from attending the annual prize giving at St. John's College where my son attends and he's winning some prizes there. He's already won them. And the reason is I had to be here with you. Imagine if I was there, I wouldn't be able to come here. So I thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This also is called prioritization for the sake of Allah. It's no big deal. For me, because it doesn't even take me a minute to think when it comes to this. But at the same time, we need to understand sometimes we have something personal that is very close to us. There is another way I can congratulate my son. I know it's important for us to take part in their lives and so on. And we have been, you know, but at the same time, sometimes you need to prioritize. I mean, if it's clashing with Jumu'ah, what would you do? It's a question. Some wouldn't bat an eyelid. Guess what they would do? Mr. Juma, Allahu Akbar, may Allah make it easy for us. Some might have thought that, you know, perhaps they wouldn't. You know, it reminds me of a joke someone sent me earlier today, and I added a little bit of spice to it. You know, can I tell it to you? It says, the, the, peep, the women were asked, and this is something, you know, I would have thought does not require thinking, that which book has helped you most through your life? Well, that's a very important question. Which book has helped you most? Throughout the, your life, the difficulties and so on, one would automatically say, I don't know if we ask our sisters here, they would say the Quran, the book of Allah. But I don't want to ask them because do you know what the response was by the majority? My husband's checkbook. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. My husband's checkbook, imagine. Which book has helped you throughout your life? My husband's checkbook. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us forgiveness. It's supposed to be the Quran, the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why if a person happens to be from amongst those whom everything material makes them, makes them happy, they will actually never achieve complete contentment because materialism is such, the worldly items are such, they are updated and upgraded from time to time. You could have built the mansion of mansions with the latest of technology in 1980. Today, nobody would want to live there. I know when I want to renovate my own house, my father tells me, why? Is there anything wrong? I said, no, I just want to upgrade. Upgrade what? Is there a leak? Is there breakage? Say, no, but these windows need to become, you know, we need to put aluminium. And, and it's not so bad, actually. There was a time when it was a little bit cheaper than what it is today. And he says, why? What's wrong with these windows? Do they not close? No, they do close. So then, what's the waste all about? Now, that's the thinking. And I thank Allah that I have someone on my head to continue reminding me that, hey, don't waste your time. The other day, I said, you know what? We need to buy a new car. But for what? Well, now maybe I can convince him, inshallah, you know. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease and goodness. May Allah open our doors. Because sometimes, to be honest, 
And even when we wanted to get him a new vehicle, he said, no, not at all. Why, would you want, why, do, why do I need to change this car? It's going, it's excellent. And I've known one thing about my father, and I'm just going to tell you this, uh, you know, uh, something interesting. Every time we've got him a new vehicle, he misses the old one. As though, okay, let me just respect him and say, you know, as though it was better than the new one. Okay? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all. But he misses the old one. And he says, no, 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 no. This thing doesn't feel as good as the old one. And the old one was, you know, for us, it needed, it's an honor to, you know, change the vehicle. As it is, it's just a Toyota or something, whatever it is. But at the same time, it shows how the older people and the older generations used to appreciate items, remain with them for years on end. They did not complain when they saw others having things which were better than theirs. But with us, and I've got the, some of the disease as well. What is it? You see a latest phone. The minimum is you want to know about it. The fact that you know about it at the bottom of your heart, you actually have it in you that, you know what, I, you know, perhaps inshallah, let's see if we can one day get this phone. You know, you might be asking me, what phone do you use now? Well, I used to have a phone and keep it for years on end. But what I've noticed is sometimes we need to make use. Okay, this is not just an excuse. It's a reality. We need to make use of technology in a way that if you, if you actually, uh, you know, have sometimes some of these gadgets and you know how to use them, perhaps you'll be able to serve the deen a little bit better. So it depends what your intention is. And I'm not trying to exclude you from, the, from this. But all I'm doing is I'm telling you, okay, perhaps what I have at the moment is a phone called a Samsung S5 Dual SIM. Uh, you can... Take a guess why I have a dual sum. Okay. But at the same time, we thank Allah that there are phones of this nature. And what do you do? You record, for example, the talk I have, it's recorded on my phone, pushed up onto the internet within five minutes of me leaving from here. And this is what happens. It's just a pity that I cannot video my own talks because I can't just hold my phone in front of me and keep on talking. And nor can I put it up on a, on a, on a you know, stand uh, on a tripod and let it face me and so on. I know Brother Faisal records all these on video, but that's all, you know, it's like private video, so to speak. Uh, we hope that one day he can auction them for the billions, inshallah, and thereafter we'll build up a few uh, huge places, inshallah, Faisal, uh, of assistance to the poor by the help of Allah. Sorry? I mean, oh, mashallah, that's great. Well, these are the people who are going to be offering you, so you better look at what they're worth, inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all good sustenance and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us in every single way. The verses I read at the beginning of this session connected to turning to Allah and asking Him forgiveness. Ya ayyuhalladina amanu, tubu ilallahi tawbatan nasuhan. O you who believe, you know, turn to Allah, repent to Allah, seek the forgiveness of Allah. Tabayatubu is to return, to come back to Allah. Come back to Allah in a good way, in the beautiful way. No point in saying, oh Allah forgive me and you're back in the sin. Oh Allah forgive me, you're back in the sin. But tawbatan nasuha would mean that a person asks for forgiveness and then it changes their life. What hasn't Allah blessed you with? You know, you grow up and after a little while your life starts moving and the ball starts rolling you will have problem upon problem if you want to look at it as problem but you have challenge upon challenge if you want to look at it as a challenge and it doesn't mean that you've been through one, two, three, four, five different challenges that you are doomed. No, it depends how positive you are about it, how hopeful you are about it, that it, it shows your link with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It shows that you've understood why you're on earth. So this is why we say, now that your life has started and you, the ball is rolling, you're an adult, sometimes you gain independence after you're married, I hope.
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us parents such that when our children are married, we give them a little bit of independence at least. You know, we allow them to make their own decisions. In some families, the father makes the decision for his son and daughter-in-law too, and his grandchildren and grandchildren's wives and daughter and husbands as well. And it, and it keeps on going just because he's the one whom the family rotated around. So the same mistakes that he made, they're being repeated with the next generations and they're struggling and suffering. And each one of them is saying, when is the old man going to die? Not yet. Ooh, he's got a long life. Allahu Akbar. If that's the case, wallahi, we don't understand. Let them live their life. Let them live their life. Yes, if they're doing something haram, it is your right to guide them correctly. Wallahi, it's your right. You tap them on the shoulder, look, my son, this is haram. It's not allowed Islamically. But if it's not haram, let them do it. Because I tell you, sometimes with the generation changing, the way people think changes completely. And with two generations, it is totally different. Believe me, what they see normal, absolutely normal, we see it as something that is absolutely abhorred, unacceptable. How can you marry someone from North Korea? Are you crazy? Maybe you didn't know where North Korea was. With us, I was about to say, maybe you didn't know the, the phone code, you know, the international code. But the truth is, I don't know it either. So to be honest, nowadays, it's just someone who perhaps you can communicate with online. And people look at you and say, how could you get married online? How? That's wrong. So what's the Islamic ruling of getting married online? The truth is, you get married offline is worse. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Well, what I mean here is, you need to make sure it's the right partner, no matter how you were introduced. That was the will of Allah. But sometimes you meet people offline and they are offline. Sometimes you meet them offline and they're online. And sometimes you meet them online and they're offline. And sometimes you meet them online and they are definitely online. And online here, yeah, I mean the straight and narrow, alhamdulillah. So it all depends on the person. It, how you met them was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes he allows you to come across certain people. You know, there are a lot of stories. If we have to sit in this room and ask each one of us who married, how did you meet your spouse? Those who are not shy to let us know, we learn a lot from them. It was, it's such a miracle. Wallahi, it's very interesting to ask people, how did you meet your spouse? And they'll tell you, in some cases, okay, you know, the introductions, the older people will tell you, oh, I have no say. My father said, here, and I said, thank you, dad. This is over, you know. But the, the younger people might tell you, this is what happened, this is what I did. It's totally different. It's changing with the changing of time. So what we have to do, guidance. Guide them to say, look, these are qualities you need to search for. Be careful about falling for people who have photoshopped. Wow, wow. Photoshop their images before they send them to you. And you say, and you go so crazy, you've fallen for some face that really when you look at it in reality, you know, even the face was not that grand. So it shows you. And then she might say, oh, the time I took the photo, but I'm so stressed about marriage. You know, now I've just changed. You know what? Everyone is gorgeous. Everyone is pretty. Nobody is ugly. But the reality is it takes someone with an eye to notice. Subhanallah. What type of an eye? An eye that looks deeper than the skin. Remember this. So you've got to teach your children, look, you're going to grow old with the same wife of yours. And a wife is not a cell phone that you keep on changing every time. Subhanallah. You know. And a wife is not a motor vehicle that every two years you say, okay, what do they call it? The warranty is up. Let's carry on. No. 100,000 kilometers. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. But the truth is, you need to know the qualities. What are these qualities? They are 
the dedication of the individual, how, how serious they are with their link with their maker, because that is what is going to help you, and that is what is going to help your resultant offspring, inshallah, because there will be a little bit of a guiding light within the home itself. But if people are interested in partying every single day, what do you want the children to do? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us. May He help us. So this is why we say that the guiding light should always be the parents. Yes, correct. There comes a time when you can only remind them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us all. And He says, Oh you who believe, turn back to Allah truly, sincerely, properly, forever. Which means once you've had these warm tears roll down your cheeks that, Ya Allah, what I've done has been criminal in the past. The sins I've committed against you, O oh Allah, so bad. The beauty is Allah forgives. But the ugly part of it is people keep on going back. Because shaitan is also working. He also tries. And this is why I've always said people are good, but shaitan is bad. He works on them and he wins them over. So we become people of the devil temporarily or sometimes for a long period of time when we haven't realized the blessing of Allah upon us. What hasn't Allah given you? Can't you turn to Him? Allah is the only one who wants nothing in return for what He's given you besides that which is better for your own existence and your akhirah. Anyone else who really gives you a lot, there's some form of a deal. There's some form of uh, a give and take. You know, someone who does business with you, what happens? They give you something, you give them something. Someone who's, for example, assisting you in some way, they're standing up for you or something. One day they would want you to stand up for them and so on and so forth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't let you down. He does not let you down. When someone pays you a salary, you're working for them. With Allah, it's, it's something minor. Whatever he's asked us to do is actually to our own benefit. You know, if you make your salam in salah correctly, it actually exercises so many muscles that you don't even realize. I was reading about it because I have this shoulder ache, this dull shoulder ache that is, uh, you know, there as a result of what I went through on Monday. But when I make salam correctly, the muscle is stretched properly, especially the the pain is on the right. So when I make salam to the left, it's all stretched and pulled properly. Free physio. Allahu Akbar. Now don't read salah with the intention of physio because then it's not counted. Some people do that. But if you read salah correctly, you know your back is supposed to be straight. The way you make your sujood, the way you come out, the way you, you make your, your salam, the way you sit in qa'dah. Well, you don't have to slouch and so on. All this is, is very, very healthy for you. The way you do wudu and you do wudu with colder water, for me, it's better. It feels good. You know, your capillaries, it actually helps your blood flow for me. Cold water, very nice, good. These are the hottest days in this country. You know, we used to call it October madness. I don't know what you, you call it, but it's really the madness of October, the hottest month in this part of the world. So what do you do? Cold water, the water is so beautiful. We are lucky that our nights are usually quite cool. Even in the heat of the summer or in the hottest days of the summer, the nights, cool. Look at today, mashallah. We've had rainfall. It's cooled down. The temp- it's dropped the temperature by a few degrees, which is excellent. So we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this. Turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He reminds us in such a beautiful way. Asa rabbukum an ankum If you turn to Allah correctly, perhaps Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive your sins, expiate, they're gone. By what? By you just saying, Oh Allah, forgive me. People are saying Islam is a religion that just punishes and penalizes. Wallahi, no. If you really know the religion, you will understand it is the religion of mercy such that anyone who asks Allah's forgiveness, the sin is wiped out. 
completely forgiven. The problem is, if you've committed a sin against a fellow human being, oh, now you've got a bit of a problem because they might not forgive you in a rush. But with Allah, if it's a sin between you and Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, don't even panic. That's the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He will forgive and He does forgive. And He says, Asa rabbukum an yukaffir ankum sayyatikum. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive your sins, expiation of the sins. وَيُدْخِلَكُمْ jannatin, And He will grant you entry into paradise. What type of people? Those who committed sin but asked Allah's forgiveness. And this is why today someone sent me a beautiful message of Ibn Rajab al-Hambali. Rahmatullahi alayhi. And immediately I decided to translate it into the English language and tweet it. What did it say? It said, if you cannot compete with the pious in their acts of worship and in their piety and goodness, then compete with the sinful in their repentance. Wow, what did you think I was going to say in their sin? No. Compete with them in their repentance. There are people whom we are still talking about. This man, you know what he did. But we don't know his sin is wiped out because he cried the same night to say, oh Allah, forgive me. She cried and now her life has changed. And we still say, oh, that woman is like this and this man is like that. We are left behind and they're gone. They've caught the first available train and they're already arrived at the destination. And with us, we're still standing at the station looking at all the trains and saying, oh, that guy's inside there. That guy's inside there. May Allah forgive us. This is the attitude we have. And wallahi, it's shaitan working on us again. And this is why, really, if you cannot compete with the pious in their piety, compete with the sinful in the way they are asking Allah's forgiveness and coming back. How many people do you know who've been having or who have had a past that was really not befitting of a true Muslim, but they've come on track such that you don't even realize today, you forget how they were. Plenty. Plenty people, they will tell you, do you know what? We had such a past. We did this. We did that. There's nothing in the book of haram that we didn't do. But today, I wouldn't miss salah. That's what they will tell you. And where are we? Still busy chatting about them. Back chatting. Ooh, this guy, you know, he was a bouncer in the club. So what? Now, mashallah, he's bouncing on his musalla. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us not from amongst those who read salah too quickly, but we really need to take our time with salah. So this is the beauty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with. What is it? We ask his forgiveness. And he says, his mercy is great. He will grant you that forgiveness. And on top of that, he will grant you jannah. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? يَوْمَ لَا يُخْزِ اللَّهُ النَّبِيَّ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مَعَهُ On that day, Allah will never disgrace the messenger and those who believed with him. Allah will never disgrace. You say you are a part of the Ummah of Muhammad ﷺ, what have you done? How have you proven it? What have you tried to do in order to show your link with him? What's the point of saying, oh, I belong to this place or this school or this college or for example, I'm a citizen of this land or I'm a, I'm a member of this party. But to be honest, you are doing nothing that even shows that you're a part of it. That would be hypocritical. And this is why it's important for us. The struggle of our life is supposed to be getting closer and closer to the ideal that we're supposed to be. That's what it is. So the fact that we're moving in that direction is good, but 
one very important point never let arrogance overtake you because you it's seeming to you that you're moving quicker in pace than someone else and this is a point that needs to be stressed because so many people they might use this to justify their wrongdoing but if they look carefully at it that's not what is meant by it it is really solely and only directed to those who are moving in the right path to say do not become arrogant another person could actually move and overtake you yet you had overtaken them at one stage like they say I'd rather be a tortoise moving in the right direction than a hare moving in the wrong direction what's the point of being so quick and yet you're heading in the wrong direction be a person who if you can be quick in the right path alhamdulillah nurun ala nur light upon light goodness upon goodness but if you are still moving slowly but surely in the right direction every day giving up one or two things that are wrong or every so often we looking back and seeing how best we can improve ourselves subhanallah and then inshallah we're heading in the right direction my brothers and sisters, a very important point. I raised it last week. I'm raising it again. Salah, your prayer. Don't miss a prayer. Never, never. No matter what the circumstances are, do not miss a prayer. If you miss a prayer from one of these five, Wallahi, you have actually swerved away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You've swerved away from His mercy. And trust me, there are two, three types of people when it comes to this. One, those who do not allow anything to hinder them. They are above that particular point of you know breaking so nothing will break them when it comes to fulfilling their salah but those people also fall into a few categories some of them are humbled the more allah has granted them ease to fulfill their duties unto him the more humble they become the more they are full of humility the more they treat people kindly the more they look at others and try to search the goodness in others that is the best. Those are the people who have really worked on themselves to a level where they are content. They are happy. May Allah grant us contentment. Allah promises us, you do good, I'll give you contentment in this world. He didn't say, I give you what you want in this world. But he says, your hayat will be tayyibah. Your life will be pure. It will be good. You'll be happy. You'll be content. Whatever comes your direction, you, you, you have a link with the supreme being who's in control of what has just come in your direction. So you know it's from him. Allahu Akbar. So that's the highest. Then there are others whom they fulfill their salah, yes. But as they're fulfilling, they begin to look at others and say, but why is this guy not at Fajr? By him being or not being at Fajr, is it going to validate or invalidate yours? Question. If he's really close to you or a family member or someone you'd like to address, do so in the most humble possible way using the most wisdom possible or that you have in your bag Allahu Akbar speak to them with beautiful words imagine Allah speaks about the kuffar and Allah says وَلَا تُجَادِلُوا أَهْلَ الْكِتَابِ إِلَّا بِالَّتِي أَحْسَنُ do not debate with the people of the book except with that which is the best the best words how you talk to the, those non-believers make sure that the best words are chosen when Allah tells Musa alayhi salam to go to the Pharaoh he says use soft words what about us we speak about others who are Muslimin who have already uttered the Shahada but because one or two issues they have or we have with them we start speaking to them harshly or about them harshly 
May Allah protect us. Even if we are reading salah five times a day, we're donating that salah away. The worst thing you could do is to sweat to do good deeds and then find there are no good deeds written next to your name on the day of judgment. Why? Because the tongue couldn't stop wagging. And it wagged and wagged in the wrong direction. What did it do? It spoke about everyone and anyone. Just that backbiting made you lose everything. If you want to worry about others, worry about them in, the, in a positive way. That's what it is. You're really concerned about others? Give them hope. Encourage them. Give them a gentle reminder. Show them the goodness they are in. Perhaps nowadays I find that that is much more encouraging than just blasting them and making them feel doomed. And you know, they go out thinking, I can already feel the heat of Jahannam. You know, they're walking home in such a way that they're holding their bellies out as though the fire is chasing them from behind. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. That, that is an approach. But I found that, you know what? It is only workable with those who've already got to a certain point. And then they start worrying about the fire. But if you start with young people, they will start thinking, depending on who they are, obviously, there is always a position, a place to say things in a certain way. Wherever you are, you need to look at who you're talking to. That is what will determine how you talk to them and what you say to them, with which words, what you choose. You know, if my son is very close to me, I can tell him things that I cannot tell the sons of others. But today we will swear the sons of others and we won't swear our own. I'm not saying we're supposed to be swearing our own, but... We are exemplary. The minute the child comes, someone else's child, we quick to blame them. And we don't realize, hey, hang on, maybe my own son is telling a lie. My son, no ways, can never, ever lie. Never. Why? Because he's my son. Wallahi, it's a fact. This is what people think, and this is shaitan coming to you. You have to consider the fact that perhaps this little child is pulling my legs. Perhaps. Allah forgive us. So I was saying some people fulfill their salah, but it makes them despise others who do not. We should be concerned. How many times have you cried in salah for those who are not reading their salah from your own family? How many times? Oh Allah, help my child to get up for this prayer. Help my husband or my wife to get up or to do something correctly. Cry for five years, ten years. See what will happen. You think Allah will not respond that call? That is quite a basic, simple dua to Allah. And it is so genuine and sincere. More sincere than if you were asking for a Ferrari. Because you know what? Ferrari is something material. You say, oh Allah, give me this. And you know deep down that ah, if I get it, don't get it. It's one of those things. For you to be able to ask for something religious, for someone who's connected to you or even not so connected to you, it has to come from the bottom of your heart. It has to. You have to be genuinely concerned. Oh Allah, help them, guide them, help them to dress appropriately. Ya Allah, the other day I heard this and that. With Allah, there is no ghibah, which means you tell Allah whatever you want. He knows already. You say, Ya Allah, I heard this, you know, this happening. Someone was blasting the beat and doing this and doing. Ya Allah, guide them, guide me, protect me, guide them too, Ya Allah. Make dua once, twice, ten times for them. Shed a tear or two. Wallahi, they may not know that it's through your dua that they achieved guidance. And what do you get in return? You get the, the prayer of the angels. Allahu Akbar. Whereas on the other hand, some people, as they are becoming physically or outwardly, should I say, pious, those, that holiness actually translates as holy, as in holes. Not holy as in pious. Because to be honest, it's a hole. Through which if you fall, you end up in the pit of hell. Let's not do that. Let's encourage others. So this is why we say, and the third type of people are those whom they fulfill their own salah and they couldn't 
care less about anyone else, that also is a sign of weakness. Although it's better than the second one we mentioned. But that's a sign of weakness. We need to be concerned in a good way. In a good way. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Then there are those who don't fulfill their salah, but in the bottom of their hearts, they want to. In fact, some of those who have fulfilled their five salah a day regularly during a certain period of time, there comes a slope in their lives when now they find themselves weak again regarding one salah or two salahs. This again is shaitan. And we have talks of this nature to remind you to say, don't do that, my brothers and sisters. One of the worst things you could do is when Allah has guided you, you tasted the sweetness of that beautiful salah. And now because something has just been relaxed in your life or for whatever reason it is, you've quit again. Again, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never do that to us. Don't. Go back. Fulfill your salah. Strengthen yourself. Make yourself strong once again. Put that alarm in such a way that you don't ever press the snooze button. No. As soon as it rings, get up. Get up early. If you find yourself a little bit too early, read some salah. Or read some Quran. Perhaps if it's the time of the Hajjud, you can read Salah. If it, is the, if it is the time of Fajr has already set in and you still would like to perhaps go to the Masjid and so on, then you need to read your Sunnah, your sunnah and perhaps read some Quran, read some Dhikr, read a good book, listen to a decent lecture, spend a beautiful time early morning doing something. But what is the problem? We put our clock at 4.30 and Salah in the Masjid is 5, 5.10 and the Masjid is 2 minutes away. So 4.30 we hit snooze. Next thing we've got up at 5.15. Guess what? I missed salah in the masjid. Okay, okay, fine. Yeah, at least you got your salah. That's what you're telling yourself. The next day, got up at 5.30. Ooh, I missed my salah. Fajr, sunrise was 5.27. Three minutes, three minutes. That's the beginning of the end. That's what it is. It's the beginning of the end. But we are supposed to becoming better at this. Wallahi. Become better at it. Before you would get up 4.30. Wallahi, there comes a time in your life if you are concerned. 4.29, you'll be up and you'll turn off your alarm before it rings. I tell you. Wallahi, if you are concerned of your salah, about your salah, believe me, there will come a time when you set your clock at 4.30, a minute or two earlier. Qasaman bi Rabbil Kaaba, you'll be up. And you'll have turned that clock off and you say, Alhamdulillah. And, you, and it does, you don't, your sleep means nothing. It means nothing to you. Make dua that we see those days. May Allah grant them to us. Amen. So, this is the gift of Allah. Never ever achieve something, big achievement, and then suddenly throw it away. You know, we've gone backwards. Don't do that. Like someone who's dressed appropriately, well dressed, and they've got a problem in their marriage. Suddenly they might go through a divorce and obviously I'm not picking on anyone. This is just off the cuff. And suddenly everything comes off. Next thing you're in a miniskirt. What happened? Oh, divorced. So did, did you, are you divorced from Allah or what? Allah, it's a reality. No. You had a problem in your life. You should, you should be drawing yourself closer to Allah. No. I'm fed up. I'm fed up with, with Allah. Perhaps Allah saved you from something greater. So do not let a little distraction in your life make you become fed up with Allah and go backwards. People have a little problem, financial issue. Next thing you know, they've quit all the deen that they've had because they said, you know, I've been making dua for the last five years. Inshallah, you will make dua until the day you die. Inshallah. And you'll die in the condition of dua. It's better for you than dying in the condition of quitting and giving up. No matter what. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. Never ever quit. Because you know what? Ultimately, you have to die. How can you have quit before you die? 
People have problems. If you think you have problems, there are people who have major issues, far bigger than yours. And guess what? They have hope and that's what keeps them going. But if you have a little small pain, perhaps in your belly or on your finger, and you lose hope, you will be depressed. Believe me, so depressed that you won't even know whether you're coming or going, so to speak. So, my brothers and sisters, then there are those who do not fulfill salah, but they want to. They want to. So they'll tell you, make dua that Allah makes me strong. Make dua that Allah makes me strong. I'm only reading three salah a day, you know, that's excellent, but I used to read two, three is much better. Obviously, we do know that three percentage-wise, from 40% to 60%, you know, three out of five, oh, that's a big improvement. If someone had to give you that amount of profit in your business, you'd probably say, thank you very much. MashaAllah. But, Remember one thing, it's good that you've achieved. Yes, we acknowledge, we pat you on the back. But remember, do not let shaitan make you think that you're doing too well. Because he stops you at that point. Hey, I'm doing well, three salah a day. But it's been five years that you're reading three salah a day. Come on. You, this phase must not last more than just a little while. So from three, when are you going to move to four? Come on. SubhanAllah. Allah's blessed you. Don't just say make dua, make dua. Dua is only a part of it. A very important part, but only a part. We cannot do away with dua. Definitely. But we cannot only do with dua when Allah has given us the capacity and capability to do something physical about it and we're ignoring that. No. Allah says, what's the point of making dua alone when I gave you the capacity and you just left it? And you just kept on saying, just pray for me. It's like the sisters whom, mashallah, they're improving their dress code and so on. Make dua for me. Make dua for me. Yes, we will make dua for you. And mashallah, but is there going to be like a time limit after which inshallah you're going to click and everything's going to come in place? Or, or even upon death, we look at you and say, sister, I made dua for you for 20 years. 20 years I made dua for you. Oh, I'll put a scarf on you right now. Don't worry, they'll cover you properly right now. Don't, no, no problem. That's why we've always said, let not the first day that you are covered decently be the day that you were enshrouded after your death. Do it before that. Let not the first day that you are covered decently be the day when you're enshrouded upon your death. That's a powerful statement. My brothers, my sisters, something we can learn from, not only regarding dress code, but anything we want to change. Learn. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's guidance and help. And not only ask Allah, but work towards it. Make an effort. Didn't He give you the ability, the chance? Do you know there are people who've lost their health? They've lost so much and they've woken up completely. MashaAllah, we're sitting here. We've, Allah's blessed us in so many different ways. Start making improvements in your, to your life. Perhaps the day Allah takes you, He will take you in a condition that He, he is pleased with you. And that's the best death ever. We've spoken about it in the past, asking the question, what is the best death? The best death, what is it? It's not how you've died. It's upon which condition you've died. It's not how exactly your soul was removed from the body. That's up to Allah. You don't have a say in it. But it is whether or not Allah is pleased with you. If He's pleased with you and you were crushed to pieces, I don't want to become too uh, graphic here, but... If he's pleased with you and you had a very bad sort of an ending in terms of the way physically the soul was removed from the body, but Allah's pleased with you, wallahi, you had the best possible way of leaving. That's it. Because where are people going to meet you? In heaven. Allahu Akbar. 
So this is why the point I'm raising, those who are weak with their salah, and they want to read their salah, and they keep on saying, pray for me, or they're praying for themselves, oh Allah, strengthen me. That's a powerful prayer. Keep on making the prayer. But with it, make an effort and see what happens. Allahu Akbar. May Allah open our doors and make us strong. Then there are those whom they are not regular with their prayer and they couldn't be bothered. May Allah never make us from amongst those. I do not believe we would attend a talk of this nature or want to listen to a talk of this nature when we are not even bothered about our salah. I think the salah comes before a talk of this nature. And I'm speaking from experience having spoken to people. People who come to a talk which motivates you religiously. 99% of them would be people who at least they have, they're bothered about salah. I'm not saying they might, they, they'll be regular five times, perhaps might be weak. May Allah strengthen us. But they have to be bothered. That's what makes them want to come and listen to something motivational to want to turn towards Allah. Because I tell you, Allah's made it quite clear. He gives and He tests. Those who believe will understand that this is a gift of Allah, this is a test of Allah. And then He snatches away. Sometimes. Sometimes as a point of mercy in order to turn people back to Him or towards Him for the first time. So if a person doesn't want to fulfill their duty unto Allah, sometimes he makes them go through something huge. And we've spoken about it. We've given entire lectures on this topic. And I'm not going to go into details because the, the, the statement I can say right here now is that if it is a calamity that brought you close to Allah, wallahi, it was a gift of Allah. But don't wait for that. Turn to Him before that so that it won't come in as a calamity. It will come in as a challenge. The same thing will happen, but it's looked at totally differently. Allah make it easy. So never be from amongst those whom you couldn't even be bothered. That's the lowest degree that you could get to. In fact, there is one degree lower than that. But I don't believe a true mu'min would do that. And that is those who go out to discourage others from salah. وَمَنْ أَظْلَمُ مِمَّنْ مَنَعَ مَسَاجِدَ اللَّهِ أَنْ يُذْكَرَ فِي هَسْمُهُ وَسَعَى فِي خَرَابِهَا Who can there be more oppressive than the one who blocks people from the houses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And he strives and struggles to actually destroy the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah not do that to us. You know in Surah Iqra, Allah says, Speaking about Abu Jahl and others of his qualities. What does Allah say? Do you see the one who is stopping a slave from reading salah when he's trying to prostrate to Allah? And Allah is admonishing and Allah is making clear that that is criminal behavior. So that's the worst. In fact, I want to give an example. Something's come to my mind. Moments ago I said I don't think any one of us can be from that. I don't think we would intentionally do it. But do you know how we unintentionally do it? Sometimes in our company there is a person who is bothered about salah. But because we are bigger numbers and perhaps the person might not be strong enough to say things sometimes, especially the youth and the youngsters and those who are adolescent and perhaps growing up. And then we tell them, ah, come on, you can read your salah later, let's go. And he wanted to read his salah. We say, no, you can go, let's just go, carry on. And then we made him miss his salah. So one, for me, not to have fulfilled my salah is a sin. 
But for me to have blocked someone else from fulfilling salah is an even bigger sin. Give you another example. You see the dress code. Sometimes there are people who dress appropriately. But because we are role models in society, people look at us and what do they do? They say, I want to be like that. So after they were dressed appropriately because of us, they removed what they had. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may forgive us for what we did to ourselves. But what did you do to others? Allah put you in a position where the higher you are, the more influential you are, the more people look up to you, the more responsible you are for your behavior and for what you do and say. And this is why we say, my brothers and sisters, it is part and parcel of the ummah. We support one another, we love one another, we encourage one another. The little nitty gritties we've had, the little small, you know, uh, what can I say, mishaps, or should I say, uh, the small misunderstandings we've had, there comes a day when they become bygones. They become, okay, by the way, okay, you know, in 1960 we had this issue. You cannot keep it all the way up to 2014. Come on. Allahu Akbar. It's gone. It's a bygone. Come on. We have, haven't we grown up enough to see a bigger picture? We have. Subhanallah. There are people trampling over the entire ummah. At least we are sitting together. We love one another. Wallahi. Subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. So, do not be from amongst those whom, when Allah has given you the ability, the capacity, that you go around discouraging people directly or indirectly. May Allah forgive us, really. I would, the last thing I would want, and may Allah really and truly make me conscious of this, because the last thing I would want for myself or for anyone else is to get into the grave and find that, okay, I didn't perhaps commit major sin directly myself, but the way I acted on, on earth is, is such that I encouraged others directly or indirectly and now I'm being nailed because of what they did. And that can happen because the Prophet ﷺ says, "Man sanna sunnatan sayyatan, falahu wizruha, wa wizru man amila biha ila yom al-qiyamah." Whoever sets a bad example, they get the sin of it and of anyone who follows it up to the last day, the day of qiyamah. May Allah forgive me and forgive everyone else. So become strong when you become a powerful person. And even if you're, you're just a mother in the home, sometimes and wallahi in a lot of homes. I'm not too sure of this particular country, but I do know of people who send me a lot of emails from elsewhere and tell me I tried to dress appropriate and my father stopped talking to me. My mother told me not to do so and so on. And they suffer. And people say, I tried to read Salah and really my father doesn't want me to. Allahu musta'an. May Allah safeguard us. May Allah help such people and help us. Imagine your child, you say, no, it's too soon. Don't wear a scarf. Too soon. How old are you? Ten. Ten. How many kids have died at 11, 10, 9? What do you know? What do you know? May Allah never do that to us. We don't know this amana. A child never belongs to you. Did you ever know that? Not ever. It's not your child. We just have the good fortune of saying, my son. I said it a few moments ago. That is only referring to the fact that I'm responsible for this amana that Allah has blessed me with. That's all. And believe me, sometimes it's not a blessing, it's a test. In fact, it is a test. How, what do you do? We become so attached just because we gave, we were responsible for them being given birth to. That's all. We become so attached, not realizing, hey, it's Allah who created, Allah who gave, Allah who chose, Allah who did absolutely everything, Allah who has decreed, and you are in this picture solely to be tested. How do you handle this child? That's all. Nothing else. 
And this is why I always say those who don't have children, sometimes Allah has not has chosen to have mercy on them because had they had kids, perhaps Allah might have tested them in such a big way that they would have been totally depressed. So just relax, thank Allah. Take a look at those around. MashaAllah, we thank Allah because the country is not as advanced as other countries. We have slightly less problems. And I've actually come to realize this, having traveled and seen a lot of countries. The more modern, the more modernized, the more advanced the country is, they have different types of problems. And everyone is complaining about their children. Hey, my child, my son don't listen. My daughter's like this. My That one is like this. That's happening. That's happening. Thank Allah. Thank Him a million times if you have children who are decent. Wallahi. Just thank Allah. Nothing is going to be rosy 100% where you have everything your way. No, never. That will never come. Just thank Allah that, Ya Allah, I can cope. I can manage. Keep it this way. Help me through my test. When I die, at least I will have died having had next to my name this man kept on reminding his children about salah and about their duty unto Allah. Wow. What a blessed day. May Allah help us. This evening I was talking to my own daughter and telling her, I can tell you what happened. I can let you in on an internal story. This evening at 5 o'clock, she had a glass of milk and she put in there two heapful spoons of Nesquik. Okay? So I looked at her and I said, that's very bad. You don't need to put so much of this in it. And she was upset. Upset, totally. She didn't drink it. She left it. She went away and I went away too. So what happened? She came back after some time. I went into her room. I locked the room. I said, hey, I need to talk to you. Because you know I love you. I don't think so. Two spoons of Nesquik. A spoon of Nesquik. You don't love me. But that's a child. Then what happened? I, I started explaining to her. Look, you know what? The reason why I did what I did was because we worried about you, your health. You cannot. You need to live responsibly. Tomorrow if I'm gone, at least. And I sat and chatted with her for half an hour. Beautiful chat. And she was so delighted after that. She was so happy. She told me, I love you a million times. Meaning a lot of times. And that's what it required. I had to just sit and explain. But when it happened, it was the heat of the moment. And you know, uh, maybe I might have said it a little bit rough, but I don't think so. Sometimes you have to be a little bit hard. You know, when you say things, how could you? She says, why did you tell me in front of everyone? But that's your brothers and sisters. It's not everyone. I mean, did I announce it on channel? Well, now I did. May Allah <laughs> forgive me. But anyway... Uh, so this is the thing my mothers and sisters my brothers really uh, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us realize the gift that he's blessed us with really we keep trying and it's responsibility that we want to instill within our kids and the biggest sense of responsibility is when they understand their link with their maker and what it's all about because today people are fighting that and they're trying to convince the children that you know what you're just here by chance and you just got to enjoy. You just live once and that's it. And just have fun. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. May He open our doors. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all Jannah. May He make us from amongst those whom the most important book in our lives is the Quran. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all happiness. And make us all from amongst those who understand His tests and the challenges and make it easy for us to pass them and may he never test us with those tests that are too difficult for us to pass wa sallallahu wa sallama wa baraka ala nabina muhammad